You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to episode 82 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me today is Suze Gilbert. How are you, Suze? I'm very well now. I had the, <laughs> I had the flu. I had the flu last week. I can't even believe I got the flu. And no. then it kind of went into a bronchitis, but I'm on the mend now. Thank you. That's good. It might be something going around because my son called me the other day. He's ended up going to urgent care. He's got an upper respiratory infection with a start of bronchitis. But with him, I think it's he's run down. He's just constantly going somewhere. Yeah. So he just needed a day to take. And he said the antibiotic they gave him worked very quickly. See, that's great. With the flu, unfortunately, you know, because it's viral, antibiotics don't work. But I, I, I haven't had the flu for The last time I got the flu was when I worked at the hospital in Maine. I had to get a flu shot. And I ended up getting the flu. I was so sick. I called out like four nights. I couldn't believe it. And I said, okay. Obviously, I'm going to react to the flu shot, so I'm not going to get the flu shot again. And so I really been knock on wood. I've been very lucky. But I think you're absolutely right. My in-laws came to visit, you know, which we had a wonderful visit. But I think I got run down and it was just, you know, you never know where you get it. You know, even though you try to be conscientious about wiping off, you know, carts when you go into a shopping store, I, I ended up uh, ended up getting a good case of it. But hopefully I won't get it again. That will be it for the next 10 years. So listeners, you might have noticed that Vicki isn't here. And that's because she is still in school getting her nursing degree. So yay, Vicki. Uh, she was told that there wouldn't be a final exam in a particular class. And at the last minute, they threw a final exam on her. And it's tomorrow as of when we're recording this. So she needs to study for that, which is obviously much more important. So good luck, Vicki. Yes, good luck, Vicki. And that really stinks. It really does. (laughs) Especially when you're planning your life around it and you know, you know, how much to study and projects and so forth. And all of a sudden, oh, yes. And by the way, tomorrow you have a test and not just a test, but a final exam. I know. I know. And uh, before we get into our topic today, I do want to make a blanket apology right up front that my allergies are acting up. So I'm doing a lot of coughing and sniffling and I'm going to try really hard to not do it with the, in front of the microphone. So if, if, you, if those sounds do come through, I do apologize. As well as Suze's Kessler has a little bit of a cough. So we apologize up front if any of those sounds do end up uh, coming through on the podcast. So with that said, we wanted today to talk about our Apple origin story, how we got into the Apple universe. Why don't you go ahead and go first, Suze? Me? Um... Go ahead. <laughs> Jeez, thanks, Elisa. <laughs> well, actually, I have I I haven't been part of the Apple universe for all that long because I um, when I was doing art quilting back in the late '90s, I got out of nursing to do that, and I was you know doing art quilting and designing quilts and or fiber art, and they had a program, a software program called Electric Quilt. Yes, I remember Remember Electric Quilt? Mm -hmm. And it was really nifty. And, you know, you could design a quilt. And um, I just remember my friend who was a fabulous, fabulous uh, fiber artist. She had a Mac. 
and she said, you know, <clears throat> I think they came out with the P, no, they came out with a Mac version first, I think. And she loved it. And she was designing all these, all these quilts. And I felt so left out because I had a PC, you know. And it was frustrating owning a PC because, you know, every Sunday I had McAfee antivirus, you know, running, cleaning up all the spyware. And, you know, I had to defrag and make sure everything was all cleaned up all the time. But, you know, I didn't know of any other way. And apples just seemed a little mysterious to me. Uh, Macintosh at that time seemed very mysterious. And then she bought one of those computers that had uh, the Mac computers that had the colors. She had a blueberry one, the blueberry, and I loved it. Oh my gosh. I thought that was the coolest thing, but still it wasn't enough for me to, you know, kind of ask my husband, you know, I really would like a, a Macintosh. So when I went to school, I went back to, uh, I went to art school um, in 2001, I started and in 2003, I took a digital imaging class, and it was a digital imaging one, and then two, and three. And so we had a computer lab, and it was all decked out with uh, Mac computers, Apple computers, and I loved it. I mean, I would it just it, Photoshop, Illustrator, uh, Corel Draw, all of them were just so fast on this particular uh, operating system. And so I would, do, you know, do my work, and then I would burn it onto a CD. And uh, then I would go home and then I'd throw the CD into my PC and it, I would open up Photoshop and it would slog. It, was, it wasn't as fast as the, as the Mac. So I really, really loved, I began to really appreciate the um, ease of use. You know, when you put something in the trash, you didn't have to go back into the registry and make sure all the components were gone. So after I graduated in 2005, the first thing I did is I bought my first uh, PowerBook, <clears throat> and I loved it. I absolutely loved the PowerBook. Um, my husband, when he would use it once in a while, he's like, Jesus, this is really great. And I went up to the uh, main photographic workshops up in Brockport, Maine, and I took, uh, I, I took a couple weeks. A couple times I did that. I did a two-week um, intensive photography class. And it was so funny because everyone there had um, a Mac laptop, you know, either, you know, a notebook or a power book or whatever. You just saw apples everywhere. And the lone guy that had, you know, like a Dell computer, people just kind of looked at him. And I thought, wow, that is really something when you see so many creative people doing photo editing and uh, artistic work and creative work, you know, on the Mac. So then um, I have to say is I really love that. And then when we lived in Tucson, we moved to Tucson in 2006, uh, 2007, my husband, my son said, you made him go to the dark side. And I said, Mike, I really think we should get an iMac computer. And we got the big, you remember the big white one, Elisa, with the big cinem cinematic mm -hmm. screen? Yes. I got that because I was doing a lot of photo editing. So I could really see what I was doing. And so... Um, we had that, and then when I was actually at the main photographic workshops, the backtrack, that's when the iPod mini had come out. They had the little mini ones, and they had, the little, they had a little green one. I used to call it the Peapod, and I bought my first iPod because everybody was listening to iPods. I didn't have one, and I thought, oh, I have to get one of those. That's so cool to put all your music on there and be able to listen because at that time I had the you know, the, the CD, the portable CD player with the uh -huh. 
months. Still have, so, I still have one. No, I don't have one anymore. But I bought my first iPad, I mean my iPod. And then I bought my husband an iPod. And then it just snowballed from there. And the first phone that I got was the 3GS, the 3G actually. And then I traded it in right away for the 3GS when that came out. And so I've always upgraded on the S's. So I've had the 4S, the 5S, and now I have the 6S. And I mean, sometimes it's been a love-hate relationship with my Apple products. I have to be, I have to say that because the new Mac computer that we bought a couple years ago, <clears throat> as you know, I've had a couple issues with that. I don't know if I got a lemon, but when I went to plug in my Epson printer, it arced on me and blew out the whole uh, logic board and, you know, it melted the metal on the back of the computer. And that's, but I have to say Apple, when I called them because uh, and have Apple Care. They did repair it for me free of charge. And I've had some other issues, like for instance, my power book would randomly go to sleep. And I would be on the phone for hours to Apple. You know, I'd reset the PRAM. I, re- you know, I'd do everything they would tell me and it would work for a while. Then it would go back to sleep. It would just, you'd be working on something and it would just boom, go to sleep. And you couldn't wake it up. So one night, and I I had had Apple Care on that, and so when it ex- I had I think it was like two months it had expired, and I called up Apple. I was so frustrated, and she said, "Hold on a moment." She got a supervisor, and she said, "Okay, this is the authorization number. You're going to bring it to this place in Tucson, and they're going to fix. You know, they're going to take the logic board out and replace that because we think that's the issue." And they did. And so you know, I have to say. Between replacing phones because batteries have been draining, you know, and not charging me, I have been very, very happy with Apple's customer service. I have to definitely say that. I think they're very responsive and they they tend to listen to you. They really try to solve the problem. You know, sometimes I have to go on the Apple forums, but, you know, knock on wood, I've been really happy with that. <clears throat> And of course, I love I love my iPad Pro, my pencil. If you if you didn't know that, I just want you to know, I love my <laughs> iPad Pro pencil. <laughs> just listen to the previous episode. <laughs> my baby Pro, yes, my baby Pro. <laughs> and what about you? How did you start? You've been um, you've been a long time, Max. See, I have. It's only been you know, it hasn't been that long for me. Yeah, I've been over twenty years. Wow. When back in the nineties, I've I heard of Apple. And I heard of Windows, but I didn't know, I, did, I knew nothing about the differences. If one was better than the other, how they work differently, I knew nothing other than they existed. So then uh, my kids, two of my kids were in school, they were in elementary school. And I said to my husband, you know, we really should buy a computer for the kids because eventually they're going to have to do their homework on this. And we really should, we really should buy one now because they're learning in school how to keyboard and such. And he said, yeah, you're right. I said, well, I think we should buy an Apple because that's what they have in school. And that was the only reason why I bought an Apple computer was because that's what they had in school. Hmm. If they used Windows in school, I probably would have bought a Windows because I knew nothing. So my uh, my brother-in-law, they, when they, they were still living in this area, he he and his father made a lot of music using their, their Macs. So I had him go to the store with me to help me pick it out because I knew absolutely nothing one from the other. And at that time, there were so many SKUs. I didn't know which one to get. I still have the receipt right in front of me. (laughs) I always kept it. I don't know why I did. In fact, I think I have the newspaper ad for this newspaper ad for this one too because I can't find it. But I think I I hope I didn't accidentally throw it away. 
but it was a Performa 200, which was a little five inch black and white screen. Because I said, I don't need the, I don't need color. What do I need color for? You know, famous last words. I don't need that. But it was nice because it was an all-in-one and you could pick it up and move it if you needed to from room to room because it had like a little built-in handle on the back. And it was $1,200. That's, then, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> At the time. So it was $1,200 and it came with a warranty of 12 months parts and labor. I also bought an Apple Style Writer printer, also black and white, for $350. <laughs> And last, I bought a modem made specifically for Max for $50. So by the time you add in the tax, my bill was (laughs) $1,727.98. And this was November 21st, 1992. Wow. So that was was our first Mac. The next one, I saw the receipts here. Again, I don't know why I kept them. I just kind of threw them somewhere and I did. This one was, let's see. Yep, this was my second one. This one I bought at the Mac Zone. If you remember that? No, I don't hey, remember that. Well, there's, I used to get these catalogs in the mail and I scoured them. Like we would, like we would uh, go over like the Webs catalog or the Nitpicks catalog. Now, looking at yarn and patterns and things. Well, when I was a kid, I used to do the Sears Roebuck Christmas. Remember the Christmas catalog? Yes. I'd pour oh, over yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Or the I'm catalog. dating myself, but that's yeah, okay. The what the heck? catalog, pick out like <laughs> yeah. clothes you like or yeah. things like that. Well, that's what I would do when I get these computer magazines. I'm like, oh, look at this brand new computer. Look at the, what a gorgeous monitor. And I'd look these things over. So this was one called the Mac Zone. And I bought uh, this. Let me see. What's the date on this one? October 22nd, 1997. I bought a ViewSonic 17-inch monitor, and it doesn't have a price on it. Oh, here it is, $543. And then I bought a PowerMax 6500, and I'm trying to read this. I think it was a 225 megahertz processor, 32 megs of RAM, 3 gigs of hard drive, and that was 1600 so the total for that one was 2211. And I used that monitor for a really long time. So well, that they, was- that's one thing Apple has never given away their products. I mean, it's not like you can my that's one thing that my son has had an issue with. He can get, you know, he's a gamer, so he can build like this incredible computer and it doesn't even come close, you know, to what the cost doesn't come close to what you have to pay for Mac because I think my PowerBook was like 2500 bucks. Mm-hmm. It was expensive. It was not cheap. No, they're not cheap. But let's see. Okay, here is November 2nd, 2001. I bought a, this is also from Mac Zones. I bought a, let's see, where is it here? Oh, an iMac G3 graphite. And they had a bonus of 256 megs of RAM that they installed for me. <laughs> so I think that brought me up to, oh gosh, I think it came with 128, if I'm not mistaken. It either came with 128 or, two, or, or 256. So maybe I had 512 when all was said and done. So that was the one that came with, you could boot into OS 9 or OS 10. It was 10.0 or 10.1, something like that. And that came to 
1525 was how much that computer was. And what was nice is I, w- I had a fascination with laptops at that point because I couldn't really understand flat um, laptops and digital cameras because I really could not understand how do you take a picture and see it right then and there. I just thought that was the coolest thing. And one of these computers came with the free HP digital camera. Hmm. So I, th- I thought that was really cool. Of course, it took lousy pictures, but that's another story. A month after I bought this this um, G3, my I, like I said, I was fascinated with laptops, like how you can get that little trackpad to work. My husband said, fine, go ahead and buy one. I'm like, yay. So a month later, I went back to Zones and I bought a Apple iBook G3, 500 megahertz. It had 128 megs of had 128 megs of RAM, but they upgraded it to 256. And there's no price on this one. So I don't know what I paid for it. So I had both these computers. And then people would say, why do you have both of them? Like, because I want them. (laughs) So my kids pretty much use the G3 and then I use the laptop. But the coolest thing, one of the things I remember about the G3 is if you're, well, you might, you, you probably don't remember, maybe you do remember this. You had to use Internet Explorer for Mac. That's all they had for a browser. I think I do remember that, actually. There was no do Firefox yeah. or Chrome or anything yeah. else. You ha- or yeah. Safari. Yeah. You had to use Internet Explorer. So I remember there was an update for – was it Internet Explorer? There was an update, I think, for Internet Explorer. So I was trying to download it. It took three hours. And after 45 minutes – it would just shut down. Now, I'm doing this over a modem, and it would shut down. So finally, I would sit there, and I would shake the mouse every couple of minutes so that the computer knew, hey, I'm still here. Wouldn't matter. After about 45 minutes, it said, nope, and I could not get this update. Well, in January 2002, I convinced my husband. I said, we're getting broadband. This is crazy. We need something that's faster. Yes, that's going to be more expensive, but in the long run, it's going to be so much better. So Time Warner came, and they installed it. And believe me, at that time, having a Mac, they didn't have a clue as to what they were doing. Well, I don't know if it's going to work with the Mac. Like, why shouldn't it? (laughs) They got it all installed. The very first thing I did was go to Internet Explorer to download the update. Three minutes. Wow. Three minutes it took. I'm like, like, look, I was giddy. I'm I'm like jumping up and down like this is so awesome. I can download things so quickly. This is I was like beside myself. I was so excited of being able to download things so quickly. And I I, I can't imagine not having even now if the broadband slows down a little bit, I'm like, come on, come on. So having broadband was awesome. In fact I've got here something a, a printout of my of my iMac G three. Uh let's see. Uh, Charles was my salesperson. Hmm. It, let's see. It has 700 megahertz processor, a 8 by 4 by 24 slot loading CD uh, RW drive, 60 gig ATA hard drive, 108 key Apple Pro keyboard, two port USB hub, iTunes software, and a built in Harman Kardon Odyssey audio system turn your iBack into a digital jukebox. <laughs> comes pre-installed with both Unix-based Mac OS X and Mac OS 9.1. Create your own desktop movies in mere minutes with included iMovie 2 software. Stuffed with software, 
What's included? QuickTime, iMovie 2, Apple Works, Microsoft Internet Explorer, Microsoft Outlook Express, Netscape Communicator, Palm Desktop, Quicken Deluxe. Oh, good old Chrome. Netscape. Oh, my member oh. Netscape. Oh, I could never get yeah. that to work right. <laughs> um, Chromag Rally, Bugdom, and Nanosaur. Well, I have to say is that, you know, I really, Apple, you, you know, Microsoft really had the, um, because they bundled every, you know, everything, their software and with, with a computer, <clears throat> like Windows and everything that, you know, it just became, everybody got used to Windows, but I've used, you know, I've used PowerPoint. Uh, my husband uses PowerPoint every day, but I have to say, I love the interface because remember when they used to have iWork and iLife, but I always love mm-hmm. the interface of pages and of um, Keynote. I don't ever really have to use numbers, but I just love the fact that, you know, you didn't need a, um, a book. You know, I used to get books on PowerPoint and because if I, I would, I would still get stuck, you know, when I was like drafting something, you know, like a, a paper or, um, you know, just trying to get margins right and, and do everything. Oh gosh. What is their writing program? Um, <laughs> on Windows? Uh, yeah. What is it? There's Microsoft Word. Word. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, it's been so long. Ah! But, you know, I'd say, Mike, how do you do this? And, you know, he he knew all the little tricks. And I thought, this is stupid. This is so ridiculous, you know, because you did, you have to knew, you had to know every single little trick. Like a lot of times I use funky fonts because I love fonts. And, you know, I would try to rescale the font or, oh, I just was always having trouble with windows. But pages was just clean. I didn't need anything. I started using pages. I started using Keynote and I... I didn't have any issue at all. And of course, now I use them all the time on my, on my iPad. And granted, it's a little more limited than the um, EOS version. But boy, I just, I like, I like the fact that Apple makes things clear and fairly simple. You don't, if you want to really delve into it, you can. But for the most part, you can just jump in and dive and you're going to be fine. You know, they, they make things that are intuitive. I, I think that's why I really love their software. And some people, I'm sure, will disagree with me. But for me, um, you know, uh, I haven't really used, um, I haven't really used like numbers and stuff. And so I don't know, I can't compare that. But for pages and Keynote, I think they're wonderful. I did a whole presentation on my iPad with using Keynote for my um, my class reunion. You know, it's just great. I could just sit there and, you know, while I was in the uh, airport terminal and finish it up. So, and I love the fact that now Apple, again, has taken it one step further that, you know, when you have um, Keynote or any of like pages or anything open on your iPad, you, you can work interchangeably on your iMac too. I think they've done really well. I really like it. I think they, I, I can't ever see me going back to a PC. And I know my husband no. would really like to, you know, there's just some things that, you know, he'd like to be able to use the iPad for, you know, with work. But, you know, he has a, he uses a Mac primarily. So, I mean, uh, excuse me, a PC. So it, it, just, it just won't work. Yeah, I've already told my husband when his computer dies, he's getting a Mac. Whether it's whether it's my laptop and I'll get a new one, or we'll get him something from the refurb store. I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But we, he's got Windows eight, and I don't know if I mentioned it here before or not. But 
he kept getting all these pop-ups that said, Windows 10 is ready to install. And he'd go, what do I do? What do I do? And I said, don't do it. <laughs> and it kept, it kept, it downloaded automatically and just said, okay, we're ready to install. He goes, I swear I didn't touch anything. I swear I didn't touch anything, which is what he always says every time something goes wrong with that computer because he panics because he doesn't know what to do. He knows what he knows. You know, Lisa, you bring up a really good point, though, with the pop-ups, because when I was in Tucson, one of um, my friends uh, had a, I think it was a Dell laptop, and he was so frustrated. I mean, he's a casual user. He's just a casual user. And I said to him, Joe, why don't you have an Apple product? You, You do much better with an iPad. Things were popping up like crazy. I had to go and defrag everything. I thought, oh my God, this is ridiculous. I had to, you know, clear out the pop-ups. He had a bunch of spyware on there, you know, because, you know, they the average user doesn't know that, you know, and they, they end up filling up their space with all this junk. And, you know, they, yeah. uh, it's well, frustrating. I totally agree with you. ends up clicking yes to something. Yep. And then I have to go in and go, what did you do? What, what, why do you have this new search bar? Uh, I don't know. I said, well, obviously you clicked on something or you downloaded something because the search bar just doesn't show up all by itself. Well, I don't know what I did. So then I have to go into his control panel and get rid of it. Yes. And then I have to waste my time because that's why every time he sees something now, he'll say, well, what do I do? What do I do? And I'll look at it. And we were able to say, leave me alone with the Windows 10. But and- isn't it sad that that operating system makes people feel stupid? They get panicky because they feel stupid. It's like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. You and know, it makes it very difficult it does. To, to remove anything because you have to go. I was trying to, I can't remember what it was. There was something I wanted to remove from his computer. And I went into the control panel and I finally find it. And it said, um, I think it needed to be repaired. And I, like I said, I can't remember what exactly it was. There was something wrong with the app itself. And it said, you need to repair this. Go into control panel, click repair. Well, it didn't give me that choice. It said, uninstall or change. And I said, I'm not touching change because I don't know what that means. It did not have a repair choice. I said, I have to leave this alone because I don't want to screw this up. See, I think that's extremely frustrating. And I think that's one thing that Apple excels at is that they make things fairly clear. And, um, you know, let's face it, Windows can be very, very buggy. I mean, was it, was it Vista? I, I've lost oh, track of all their... Don't even get me started on you know, Vista. Vista was a I know my nightmare. husband, yeah, he hasn't even upgraded. I don't know what hit Windows he has, but he doesn't dare upgrade because he said there's many times the upgrades are so unstable. You know, so until his company forces him to upgrade, he just won't. Um, and I, I have to say is that that's one nice thing when you... You know, Apple has kind of had um, the corner on that with the Apple stores is that when you buy a product, you can go in for a lesson, you know, and you th- th- there's real people in real time that if you have questions, you can bring your computer in and they'll walk you through the basics. That's really nice. That's that's very, very nice to have. Again, it goes down to customer service. I think they do a good job with that. Uh, Windows, uh, you know, you're, you're really at the mercy. You've got to go on Amazon, buy a book, try to slog your way through it, Um I don't think it's very intuitive and, you know, I don't think their software is all that sometimes that intuitive. I think people are just used to it now. You know, they're used to word, they're used to PowerPoint, but, um, for me, not being an Apple person from the beginning, 
that is what drove me to Apple is because, you know, number one, I think the computer is great for creative people. And two, everything's very intuitive. You know, you, you don't want something, you throw it in the trash and there it is. So I just, you know, I think what's happened to is, you know, I think there's an, and I'm not trying to say ages or anything, but there is a generation that did not grow up with the computers. I'm kind of on the cusp, but you know, there's a couple generations older than me that have just embraced the iPad because it's simple. You know, it's very simple. They don't have things popping up on them all the time. It's not as frustrating as working on a laptop. Um, you know, and I don't know how Microsoft Surface is. I can't say anything because I've never used one. So, you know, maybe again, people are shying away from laptops and being able to do everything they want to do on a on a Microsoft uh, Surface. That I don't know. But, you know, I can do everything pretty much on my iPad. I very rarely go on my iMac anymore, except for Photoshop and Illustrator. There's the only two things that I, I have to do on the, on the, um, on the uh, iMac. But I've never gret- regretted this decision to go to Apple. And I know my husband, outside of this computer, he's been frustrated with this one because it's very slow. Oh, my God. I mean, we got what, a two terabyte of space, and it's still slow. And we hardly, it's not like we have a ton of stuff on it. I just think hmm. we got a bad computer. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. <clears throat> but, Because this you know. one, the one that I'm on now is a replacement because I bought it in October of 2013, and it died on me, I think it was the following January. And then they fixed, they replaced the motherboard and then it died again. So they just gave me a new computer. Wow. Yeah, I I have no idea what happened. And I was panicked because I was coming home specifically and I walked to the computer to specifically do a backup. I said, okay, it has been a while. I'm going to do a backup right now. And I had nothing. I just had nothing. I was like, but it worked an hour ago before I went out. And then it just died. Because yeah, they were going to give me a new computer right then and there. I'm like, no, you need to fix this because I haven't done a backup. And well, unfortunately, they couldn't take a hard drive out of a computer and just flop hard drives. Right. They couldn't do that. So like, okay. So they sent it away and and replaced it and, and uh, fixed the motherboard. Like, oh, okay. Well, the other thing I like is I, I really like having Time Machine too. You know, so we have the air the airport extreme and you know so I'm always getting that backed up and I just I don't know I just really like the fact there's iCloud has had some issues I think Apple did hear us or at least me on our I on our one of our podcasts Lisa because they mm. are going to be doing a whole revamp of music yay because I really do like music I really do like Apple music I for I just love the fact that you know, we can download any piece of music that we want, pretty much. Prince, of course, you can't. You can't download, you know, you can buy it, but you can't download. But for the most part, I'm fairly happy with it. The only thing I've noticed recently is some uh, collections that I have downloaded from Apple Music. And this is the paid service for listeners that don't know. This isn't iTunes. This is the Apple Music paid service. Is that all of a sudden, the, the it just vanishes, so I don't know what's wrong with the licensure that they're having, if there's licensing issues, but mm-hmm. I'll download a CD and, you know, and we'll, I'll be listening to it. And then I'll go back to down, you know, to listen to it because it's, you know, on my device uh, for offline and it, they're all gone. 
I can't listen to it anymore. It, that, that could very well be. That's a little. That's becoming a little frustrating. It's happened several times, so that's that is a little frustrating. Similar to way like with Netflix, they'll have there's like websites that say what's leaving net Netflix. So you know if there's a certain movie that you want to watch, better watch it by May thirty first, because June first it won't be there. Exactly. So it could be the same thing with the music. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that is it's it's just frustrating. <clears throat> yeah, but. But for the most part, you know, but, you know, iCloud does have its issues. I wish they'd work on iCloud because I'm really tired of um, photos replicating. I've been very vocal about that, you know, replicating in my photo roll, um, my camera roll. I would like to see have Apple give you, if you're only going to give you five gigs of iCloud storage per device. I did the other day. I had increased from 50 to 200. Yeah, I have 200. I've had 200, but it's only three bucks a month, so it's not too, right. too bad. But I mean, I didn't need, I was just like, I was in the 40 range, the 40 gig range. I'm like, well, I don't need it because I started out 200 and it's like, I'm paying for something I'm not using. So I dropped down to 50. Well, then I got to like where they said, you have 600 megabytes left. I'm like, okay, because I also keep a, back, I, uh, keep a backup of my genealogy in there. Mm-hmm. And I also keep it in the cloud so that I can access it from my computer or from my iPad. And that's about one and a half gigs. Because I have tons of graphics in there. I would like to see iCloud be more like a Dropbox or Google Drive. That's what I would like. I think it's, yes, it's great for, you know, my pages, everything being in the cloud. So if I work on a document and I go to the, my iMac, I, yes, it's there. That's great. But I want to be able to create a lot of folders and put what I want into those folders. That's what frustrates me. Because if you're paying for cloud space, then don't make it just for you know, the Apple stuff, allow me to make folders, um, and put what I want in there, you know, cause uh, that, uh, that frustrates me. So, because I'm running out of Dropbox space. I'd uh, also like to see them have something the way Amazon prime is where you pay $99 and you get backup for your photos, you get music. I'd like to see them come some sort of package together Yeah. rather than you say, okay, so you pay $15 a month for Apple music, Yep. It doesn't necessarily have to be, um, or let's make it easier just to say 10 So if you pay $10 a month for Apple Music, that's $120 a year. It doesn't have to necessarily be paying full for a year and get 100 and pay for $100. But if they said single user, 120 plus 200, uh, 200 gigs of iCloud storage plus iTunes Match, and maybe I don't have a, I'm not, I don't know what the numbers are on top of my head, but let's say that all, when all is said and done, it's $175 a year, you'd be paying out of your pocket. You say, okay, for 150 bucks, you get all this with no refunds. So if you change your mind, well, you're still at the 150. So you know that going into it. Right. I think more people would do it because you're paying it all up front. You're not getting nickel and dime, okay, $3 here and $5 here and $10 here. It's just Boom, one. Now there, but maybe just do one kind of a package to start. See how that works. Make sure it works well. Then if it's working well and there seems to be enough demand for it, then start adding things on like, well, you want the family plan? It's going to cost you an extra $50 a year. Or you don't want iTunes match? You can drop iTunes match and switch it to the family plan. You know, whatever. Something See, I, like would, that. I wouldn't have an issue with that only because I get you know, a receipt from Apple constantly, you know, this is what we're charging you for your cloud storage. This is, you know, your family plan for music. Yeah. It would be nice to be comprehensive because I can tell you right now, there is no way I would not have prime. 
because for one thing, I buy almost everything on Amazon. I love the fact I don't have to, I'm becoming lazy, I know, but, um, you know, like, for instance, I went out last week and, you know, there's a certain eye pencil that I like to use. Well, you know, three places were out of it. So I said, oh, so I went online to Amazon to see if they had it and they had it for an add-on item for four bucks, which is like $3 cheaper than I normally pay for it. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I ordered three of them. I saw, you know, the add-on items, if you have a qualifying order for $25 and the things do add up. So if you, if you add three of them, that goes towards $25. Oh man. I, I said, that's it. You know, I buy the, our water filters. I buy everything pretty much on Amazon. So I really use my prime shipping all the time. And Mike and I do like, um, Amazon prime. We, I told you we were watching Bosch, which is a uh-huh. Amazon prime, uh, uh, Harry Bosch. Very, very good. We finished the second season and you know, if you can't find it on Netflix, a lot of times Amazon Prime has it, especially for the TV shows, which is great because um, somebody had mentioned, oh, what, oh, Stevie Van Zant plays in it. Oh, who mentioned it? Oh, the one when he's in Norway. Yeah. Oh, Lily yeah, Hammer. I, Lily Hammer. Lily that's Hammer. Been, yeah, I that's didn't been like reckon- that. Oh, you didn't like it because no. somebody recommended that and said, oh, that's really good. I said, isn't he something, you know, E Street Band and an actor. (laughs) What a a renaissance man. But um, yeah, they have one right now that we're watching. It's a French one, which I'm very impressed that Amazon Prime is, um, it's, maybe that isn't Amazon Prime. It's maybe it's Netflix, but it's Marseille. It's got uh, Gerard Depardieu in it. And that one is okay. It's, uh, he's the mayor of Marseille and we're into that. My husband doesn't like it, but I do. So course anything they, they're speaking french i like it <laughs> that's the thing you pay 99 dollars, and you 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 may not want to use all the uh, the the um benefits that, that you get for that because you can also get a free kindle book once a month yeah certain books not every well if you have you a get. kindle if you have a right. kindle right. yeah because i don't have a kindle. kindle book you get the you get the amazon music you get photo backup you get photo storage uh, uh like cloud storage you get um you know, the free on Amazon, shipping. On, on Prime you do? You do, I think, for a year. And then oh, you pay for that. it afterwards. Oh, okay. And I, I haven't really, that. I haven't, I was going to do photos, but I was like, eh, I do enough backups of my photos. I don't need that. But I mean, it's there if you want it. And it's $99. So if Apple I could know. do something like that, where one fee and you get this, 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 and this. Now, you don't have to use it. But obviously, in Apple's case, though, you would because that's, that's what you're paying for. Would be the yeah. Apple Music and the the cloud think, storage, et cetera. I think they need to become a little more creative with that. I think they're dropping the ball as far as their services, Apple is. Um, you know, I know people have said, you know, it's coasting. Apple's really coasting right now because they really, they're not really innovating anything. They're just kind of revamping the phone. But how much more can you do with a phone? And how much more really can you do with an iPad? I mean, seriously, um, it's unless the, you want them to, you know, drive your car or something, there's really not more innovation. And I think for me, I love, you know, like I said before, I love my iPad Pro, but I love that size. So they've done the mini, you know, they've done the uh, 9.7 inch and they've done the 12.9 inch. I don't understand how people think there's more innovation to go along with that. And I don't know except for home products, you know, becoming more, um, integrated into like 
for instance, like they have CarPlay, uh, you know, more car manufacturers are starting to integrate that. But except for the home, which, you know, there's so many other companies that have already, um, you know, they've, they already have a head start on a lot of these automated home products that I don't know what Apple, I know Apple is supposedly they're working on a car, but, you know, I think I would like to see them maybe, uh, work on some services. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad that they're going to be working on Apple music. I do think, Lisa, you have a great idea about them packaging, you know, packaging services that would really make it, I think, more economical for people and make it more attractive for people to actually say, yeah, I think I think I'll I'll think I'll get that. If that's one price for a year, that's much better than, like you said, nickel and diming. I, I'd like to see them work on their services a little bit. And I think it will keep a longer term customer because instead of paying a monthly fee and after a month, you might go, eh. I'm not really liking this, and you cancel. If you have it for that full year, you're going to give it more of a shot. And then you might go, wow, this is really better than I thought it was. And at the end of the year, you renew. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, when they did the keynote, the last keynote speech, um, Tim Cook had talked about a healthcare kit. And I do think that technology and medicine are really a match made in heaven. And I would like to see, you know, more health-related documentation or uh, monitoring, you know, from your iPhone or your iPad. I mean, that would be really nice if you could, you know, um, I don't know, maybe there could be some type of app. You know, again, you have to be careful with HIPAA, but still, there would be some type of app that, you know, instead of having to visit, you know, and I'm just throwing this out you know, go to a doctor's office, maybe he takes part of his day and you send him a picture and say, this is the, I don't know, maybe he can just, there's some type of thing where he can diagnose as long, you know, and you have your blood pressure, have your all, uh, your vital signs. Maybe there's some little gizmo you put into your iPhone and, um, you know, you can have like a, a Skype conference, I don't know, or FaceTime. But I think, I think them maybe broadening their horizon to go more into the medical slash healthcare field would be welcome as well. I, I, I'd like to see that. I, I think we're almost, these devices truly are miraculous. If you think about how, you know, for instance, when I used to do charge in a nursing home, you know, it is so depressing, you know, the, the thought comes to my mind of warehousing and, and sometimes it is, you know, people, they're, they're very rigid. There's a very rigid schedule. Uh, you have shifts, you have your three shifts, you get people up in the morning very early and, you know, these are elderly people. You put them in a wheelchair, they get their pills, you know, 20 or 30 pills. Um, they eat their breakfast, they go back in their wheelchair and yes, yeah, sometimes you have activities and stuff for them, but it's really sad. And I know I've read in several places where nursing homes now have, um, they bought iPads and, you know, especially even with demented patients, they're able, you know, the aid is able to engage their mind. And I thought, how wonderful is that? Because to me, there's nothing more miserable than just seeing somebody just vacant, you know, in a chair, just waiting to die. And so, I don't know, I think, I think there are so many more uses that we haven't even thought about for the devices. So I don't know if necessarily you have to reinvent the wheel as far as the devices. I just think you can make the devices do a lot, lot more you know, either with, um, with a paraphernalia that goes into the, into the device and and reads it, or, you know, with, um, apps, I still think, you know, the app, there are a lot of, uh, 
crappy apps in the app store, but I think there's a lot of very sophisticated and complex app, complex apps that, you know, are really intriguing, very beguiling. I think, you know, when I look at some of them, I thought, no, I don't want to pay this much for that app, but you know, like a medical app, but I think, oh, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't see a lot of innovation though, and maybe I'm wrong, but on Microsoft side, because I thought like with the connects, do you remember connects that they had? You know, I bought one for my son because he had an Xbox and he never used it. I did. I used to use it. I th I think that was a technology that just phew, what happened to it. I it, thought that yeah, was I, the I they, coolest thing. Now I think aren't they getting rid of that? I thought I had just heard. I I thought what a shame because to me that was I thought very innovative and again they could have taken that technology and just you know run with that and done so there were so many applications that could be applied to that technology that I was really surprised that Microsoft. I don't know for what reason. I don't know if that was a Steve Ballmer thing or uh, what happened, but it just kind of, you know, faded away very, very quietly. Yeah. They, I don't know. What was the name of their, their iPod, the Zune? The Zune. Mm -hmm. Zune. That faded away too. I didn't know anybody who had those. Everybody had, actually, I remember back in the early days of the iPod, one of my friends, she didn't believe in buying the top notch. You buy like the Radio Shack brand. <laughs> and she would call and she goes, you know, I bought my son this MP3 player and we can't get the music on and da 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 da, da. I'm like, just buy an iPod. And she wouldn't do it. She went through hell trying to get the music on. It wouldn't work, blah, blah, blah. She finally buys them an iPod and she's like, yeah, yeah you were right. <laughs> You know, it, it was just so much easier. Well, I think there's a cachet when it comes to Apple products. And Steve Jobs was very responsible for that, you know, that cachet and that, um, you know, you, he, Steve had something very unique that Tim Cook does not have. And Steve had such a passion when he got on that stage. He owned that stage. He was very compelling to look at. He was compelling to listen to. And he made you want something. He made you want it. You're like, okay, I have to go get this. That is the coolest thing I've ever... He, I miss that. I really do miss Steve's passion about those products. But, you know, you can always look in hindsight and say, you know, well, where would Apple be right now, you know, if Steve was still alive? And I, I don't know if anything would have changed as far as, you know, like their key products the phone, the iPad. Um, I, I don't know about that, but I do miss that, that passion. But I have to say is that Apple, people want to own an Apple. Do you remember their very successful advertising campaign where they had the, the white earbuds? Remember they mm -hmm. were in silhouette? Yes. And people, those became, you know, kind of uh, a stylistic statement, you know, to have the white iPhone, the, the earbuds. Oh yeah. You, you owned an Apple. You know, now it's the rose gold. There's always a little something that they throw out there that say, ooh, you know, the iPad Pro. Yeah, I got that. I don't know. It's 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 well, interesting. It's it's, it's interesting. funny about the iPad. Uh, when my middle son was in high school, he was in the marching band. And every other year, they got to go to Disney. And they they would go for four days. And they would spend 15 minutes walking on the main the, the, the parade down Main Street in the Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the time, they just got to play. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So when he went one year, I said to my husband, I want to be a chaperone. I want to go with him. 
And, he, and I forgot why, but he didn't want me going. And he, he, my, my husband's not like that. Usually he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But he wasn't I, – I forget why. Maybe because there were still two other kids at home. I'm not really sure. But he, he said, well, I really don't really want you to go. And I said, okay, it would cost me $500 to go on this trip. I said, let me take that $500 and buy an iPod. And he goes, <laughs> okay. So I bought the second An iPod? An iPod. iPod or iPad? I, an iPod. This was 2000, Whoa! 2003, 2002 or 2003, something like that. I bought the Yep. second gen iPod. It was $500. It weighs a ton. <laughs> it has 20 gigs of hard drive space and it still works. It's yeah. FireWire, so I have no computer to hook it up to, but I can still, every now and then, I take it out of the box, I plug it in, let it charge up, and I'll listen to some music. And it still works. And so does the video iPod I have, and so does the mini, and so does the iPod Touch. <laughs> they all still work. I think the one that works the worst for me is the iPhone 4S that I use now as an iPod Touch when I'm on vacation. Because I don't want to bring a phone to the beach when I'm on what's a cruise. Wrong with, what's wrong with your 4S? Oh, I, I pretty much took every app off of it except for bare minimum. There's maybe 10 apps on it. Slow does not even begin to describe. To the p- well, that could be the iOS update too. Because I know there was a recent update that uh, not so long ago, maybe you know, a year or so ago, that just slogged. It oh. it basically bricked the 4S. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, yeah. sl- slow, slow is a compliment. <clears throat> it is so slow. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. So I just said, forget it. We're done with this one. But I still have all my – back when my kids upgraded or didn't want – some of my kids did not want anymore. I'm like, who are you? What is wrong with you? What do you mean you don't want them anymore? Because I got them nanos and minis. They're in this – I have a drawer full of them. And I have all my boxes. You should see – Behind me, I have like this this desk armoire in my living room, and I have all my iPad boxes, all my iPhone boxes, all my iPod boxes, my Apple Watch box. They're all up there, long, nice and lined up. You have an Apple Watch? Yep. I th- you know what? I can't even believe I'm saying this. I can't even believe I'm saying this. But I have to sell my iPad Air, and I thought, you know, I think I'm going to get an iPad Watch. My uh, I, uh, iPad Watch and Apple Watch. My son, who it's really funny because he, my youngest son is a is a computer scientist, and he, it's he's always you know ragging on Apple, you know, or he used to a lot. And then of course he had to code for Apple. He had to learn coding, and then. Um, he has more Apple products than I do, except, no, he doesn't have the iPad Pro, but he has the iPad Air. He he just bought the Apple Watch. He has two phones. And I thought, wow, for somebody that thought Apple was the dark side, mm-hmm. you own more Apple products than you own PC products. But the Apple Watch looks really interesting. And I thought, no, there's no way. I, I'm fine with the analog watch. I remember when you guys, you and Vicky were talking about it. And I said, no, I have no desire to get one. But I can't believe I'm even thinking I'm, I'm tempted, but it's really nice because when I go to walk my dog, I wouldn't have to bring my phone. I'd have my watch, right? Because you can answer calls and everything. Well, you right? still have to with... bring your phone, but like stick it oh, in your pocket. Oh, you still have to bring your phone. I didn't know there was now, a cab. I didn't know I'd be tethered. Well, so ha- I'm tethered. But I have heard rumors. I have heard rumors, though, that the second, the, the new watch that's supposed to be coming out, I don't know if it's WWDC or later in the fall, 
might be um it, it might work without your phone. Now, I don't know if that means you have to buy a data plan for it, but there's some way that you can. So if you're taking the dog for a walk and your phone is still sitting in the house, you can still get your phone calls, your text messages. But still, it's good, though, because it was funny. Last week, someone called and I was upstairs and my phone was downstairs and my watch was ringing. And I knew, oh, okay. that, if, I knew that if I tried to get my phone downstairs, I'd miss the call. So I answered on my watch. And I've got the watch up to my mouth, and I said, by the way, I'm talking on my watch. He's like, get out. You know? <laughs> I said, seriously. I said, let me run downstairs. So as long phone. as it's in somewhat near proximity, then you yeah, can use it. In your house, okay. you can use it anywhere because you're on Wi-Fi. But if you're right. outside when you're not on Wi-Fi, as long as it's in your pocket. Because I know like, my, like my mind will be sitting in my pocketbook, and my, I'll feel a buzz on my arm because uh, someone sent me a text. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I would. I don't know if I'd get the second gen. I think the first gen's fine. I'll probably find a used one. You it's know, not on the Craig's be all and end all. I mean, like no. I had I had a doctor appointment this morning, and he always asked me questions because you know he goes, well, he goes, what is your opinion on such and such? And he was asking me about something um, else that was technology based. He goes, because if you don't know how to do it, then no one knows how to do it. I'm like, <laughs> well, I wouldn't go quite that far, but what's your question? And he saw that I had the watch. He goes, what do you think? Do you like it? Should I get one? You know, <laughs> it's like. And he's well, a little like, bit older than me. I said, it's I like not- the, I like the fact it you can have your heart rate and everything on it. Correct. You can do basic stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not the be all and end all, and I would say it's it's not an absolute at all. It's not it's not like a phone. This is what I told them. Is it's not like the phone or the iPad where yes, get it. The it's nice, especially if you are um, you want to lose weight or. Even if you don't want to lose weight, but you just want to make sure that you're tracking your fitness better, it's good for that. And that's what my primary use is, is to make sure that I'm standing once an hour, that I try to get the circles closed on the rings because you have three circles. You have how many minutes did you exercise, how many calories did you burn, and you can change that. They, they give you a setup. So if you, wanted, if you only want to burn like, you know, 100 calories a day. Right. You can say 100 <laughs> 20, 20 calories a yeah. day. I'll burn 20. <laughs> and exercise for 30. Like I mine set for 210 calories a day, 30 minutes a day of exercise and standing for 12 hours, you know, standing one minute, one minute an hour for 12 hours. Okay. I think I will do five minutes of exercise. <laughs> uh, That's about all I do know, someday. 50 the calories. Only, <laughs> the only times, the only times I actually get 30 minutes of exercise is when I go to the gym, but you do have to and I, I think the way it monitors exercise is if your heart rate gets if your heart rate gets up over a certain level, then because yeah, I'll target. look at my watch sometimes and go, oh, it gave me four minutes of exercise. I didn't exercise today, but I went grocery shopping, so maybe pushing the cart was for them exercise or walking quickly because I walk fast, so walking quickly through the parking lot might have been considered. Yeah, exercise. I walk fast and I go up and down the stairs twenty times a day too because that's yeah. the studio. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I'm looking well, at the steps. I'm trying to get my steps. Yeah, and especially because. Maybe if I say this out loud, I'll be held accountable. Um, I had blood work done today. I, I have high cholesterol, so I have to go to the doctor twice a year to have them check my my liver function and my cholesterol. My cholesterol was great. The numbers were great. But I am starting to get towards prediabetes. So I, Uh-oh. Yeah. So I'm like, good. I'm glad you said that because – and I know this is stupid. I'm, I'm prefacing it right now. I know this is stupid. I know I eat too much garbage. I know this. 
But I'm also of the, of the kind of person that if you don't tell me that it's hurting me, I'll continue to do it. You need to say to me, whoa, you're starting to get problems. You need to cut back. And now the doc, you know, he said, it's not a big deal. It's not like, you know, we have to monitor you really, really carefully, but I want you to come back in four months instead of six months. Yep. Get your blood work done. He goes, you're okay for now, but diabetes runs in my family. So it's like, okay, now that you told me, I'll start being better. Well, see, I really, the, the watch for me is intriguing because I like the fact that, <clears throat> like you were saying, it's more health related. You know, you have the phone, there are some health kit apps, you know, that if you have your phone on you all the time, like it'll monitor your, uh, how many steps you've walked a day and, you know, stuff like that. But I like the fact that, you know, you can take your pulse. Um, I like the fact that, you know, you have something like that, like you were saying with the circles, that's kind of cool that, you know, you're, you're being cognizant of your calorie intake and your exercise and making sure you're, you stand. Now, you know, as far, th- those as, far are all good as your things. steps... Even if your phone is not on you, if you're, say, you, so you, you know, you're, you, for whatever reason, you never left the house and you left your phone on the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. Because your watch is on, it sends the steps to your watch. I'm, I'm sorry, it sends, the, it sends the steps to your phone. So if you look in the health kit mm-hmm. and it shows you day by day how many steps you've taken. So if you look on your watch and it says you took 10,000 steps today, you look on your phone, it'll say you took 10,000 steps today, even though your phone was not on you for those 10,000 steps. Oh, okay. Whereas before the watch, like right now with you, since you don't have a watch, for you to record 10,000 steps, you have to have your phone on your body. Yeah, because so I've, t- only, I've only done 192 steps, but I've had, I haven't had my phone on either. Right. So if you take the dog for the walk and leave your phone home, um, you're not going to get credit for that. But with the watch, you will. Yeah, if people wonder what we're talking about, there's the health Apple Health app. So if you go into your search on your phone or your, um, probably your watch too, but if you just type in health, then you have a dashboard and you can look at the week, month, year, and day, you know, how many steps you've done. So, and what I like about that is, you know, you can keep track, you know, it has your, your sleep, but also the medical ID. I would advise everybody um, to do this if they haven't done it already, is if you go into the health kit, on the far right is a medical ID. And that way you can put your birth date, you can put your medical conditions, what um, any allergies or reactions you have to medications. You can put the medications you're on, your contact info, your blood type, and if you're an organ donor. And then say, for instance, you're out and about and God forbid something happens, you have a car crash and your phone is locked, uh, the emergency personnel can uh, access that medical ID through your lock screen. So they would tap on emergency and then it says medical ID. So that would be really helpful for people to make sure that, you know, they do something like that because everybody has a phone on them usually. And, you know, if you're talking about life or death, it's really nice to have a quick medical history when you're an emergency, you know, when you're a first responder. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. Took care yes, of Siri. Oh, see, <laughs> I guess, I guess first responder sounded like Siri because my, my Siri just clicked off. I, I didn't I even that. say, Hey Siri. <laughs> I know when I, when I say it, it doesn't work, but sometimes I'm watching a movie or listening to a podcast and all of a sudden it comes on because something similar. I'm like, what? Yeah. So but, Apple, that's the other thing you can do is work on Siri. So. Yeah. She's still, words are still difficult sometimes for her, you know, like Devin. I'll say, call Devin. 
and she'll say, Deb, Deborah, no, Deb, Ben, Deb, Ben calling Deborah. I'm like, no. So yeah, I, they do, they could do a little bit better with the enunciation actually for, for, uh, her. <laughs> okay. So we've been all over the place as usual. So I guess yeah. now's a good time to wrap up. And before I forget, happy anniversary, Suze. It's almost four years since we've done the start of the podcast. Oh, we should send each other flowers. That sounds lovely. <laughs> Because you're not going to be able to have, if you're pre-diabetic, I'm not going to send you chocolate. No, no chocolates, no chocolates. The flowers (laughs) would be lovely. Yeah, it was around, I forget the exact date. It was around Memorial Day of 2012. Like, that's not possible. That is, that's, that's really something. I didn't know that. Yeah. And especially now, a lot of podcasts don't last more than a year or so. They just kind of fade away. So happy anniversary to us. Well, happy anniversary. So, listeners, uh, that is it for today. We would love to get your feedback. You can reach us at uh, 3geekyladies.com with the number 3 spelled out. Uh, that's where our Facebook and Twitter information is is at that location. And we'd also love to get some iTunes reviews because it does help other people find the podcast. So we would appreciate that, whether it be a star rating or an actual written review. We would very much appreciate that. So on that, I'm going to say thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. I'm Tim Robertson from the Tech Fan Podcast. And I'm David Cohn from the Tech Fan Podcast. And we wanted to take a moment to tell you about the Stoplight Network. Stoplight is a community of podcasters. We're a group of people who are passionate about podcasting, and we're looking for people who have either existing or new podcasts who might be interested in joining us. So check it out at www.stoplightnetwork.com. And while you're at it, check out our show, the Tech Fan Podcast. Part of the Stoplight Network of Podcasts.